0: the story that you're about to say about your- My marketing? Your, your marketing, the, the very first marketing that you did at Lees. Um, I had a girlfriend at the
1: time and I, we didn't have any money. We just literally just bought the store. My dad said, I need a tax break. And I said, um, if I'm gonna run it, it's not gonna be a tax break. And he laughed and I laughed and mm-hmm. okay. So we didn't have any money for marketing. So she went down to, I guess, Hanshaw's at the time. It was a five and dime and buys a poster board and buys those black, sticky, plastic, rubberized letters. That yeah. She,
0: yeah. There's like their stencil kind of. But,
1: but they're sticky. They, then you peel them off and you and she made a poster. And I don't even remember what it said. I guess I had our store hours and phone number and stuff like that. And it was, it was by the front door on a on an easel. Mm-hmm. And that was my first first attempt at marketing.
0: And it was just like a sign like a now just open an information or information sign. Okay. Hmm.
1: Boom, that was it. And the second thing I did was the monitor. <clears throat> well, I, it wasn't the monitor, but it was I, I re, when I bought the store, of course, you're your name gets put out there so so i got an uh, envelope in the mail one day and it says you are the expert and i read it and what it was a syndicated column Mm -hmm. and what they would do is they would provide you with a weekly set of pieces of information you know like oh cardiovascular disease in 50 year olds plus, you know, according to Harvard medical school or, uh, more people catch colds in the winter, according to the Utah school of medicine. And
0: the, and this was a paid ad.
1: It was a paid Well, you, you, you bought the subscription. Mm. Okay. And, and then you would, you would take that subscription and you would submit it to the monitor. And it was on the second page, on the right-hand side column, and it had my name. It had the name of the pharmacy, my picture, and underneath it said "Ask the expert." And it had a list of
0: different sort of different ailments or problematic things. And,
1: but the expert was always backed up
0: by experts.
2: Mm
1: world-renowned uh medical experts if you will so so no one could ever dispute it because i would always say look it's right here so and at the bottom it had the tag lee's pharmacy 700 south main 686-3716 so that was the beginning of my marketing so i was known around town i guess in the first five or six years as the expert. Really? Because everyone back then, there was no social media, TV was expensive, radio was meh. So my easiest, least expensive and affordable piece of marketing was the newspaper column. And I think I spent 25, $20 back in the day. Really? For the month.
0: Okay, what's back in the day, 1980?
1: um, We bought the store April 1, April Fool's Day in 1981.
0: and uh, <laughs> Was there anything to that? <laughs> well, well, no,
1: I, I told my dad, I said, Dad, either it's going to be really, really good or it's going to be really, really bad. You know, it's April Fool's April Day, fools. but you know what, let's see what happens. And, and the rest is history. So in the early 80s, uh, and then I, I became known as the expert mm. uh, because of the ad.
0: So I get this a lot. Like, it's called Lee's Pharmacy, Right but Danny Vela. And so how did, how did Danny Vela continue to own Lee's Pharmacy? Where did Lee's Pharmacy come from? Okay.
1: We bought the store from a gentleman named um, Lee Acevedo. And he was a good friend of my dad's. Mm. They both went to UT together, both undergrad and pharmacy school. And, and literally, the stores were 60 feet apart. Oh, wow. So he'd go every morning, he'd go have coffee with my dad. Um, And one day he comes in and he says, uh, I'm selling the store. There's a chain that wants to buy it. uh, But the lease agreement is like four inches thick. I don't want to deal with that. Mm. What do you think? And I'd been out of school for about two years.
0: Pharmacy school.
1: Pharmacy school. And working for a gentleman in Edinburgh. And my dad says, hey, uh, Lee wants to sell the store. Okay. I'll go talk to him. He said, this, 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 and this. I want so much. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. If you can't get the money, we'll finance it. Okay. Like him.
0: finance it himself? It
1: owner finance. Oh, wow. Yeah. He had a partner. Mm. So I went and told my dad. My dad goes, yeah, you know what? Go ahead. Give it a shot. You know, I need a tax write-off. And the name of the pharmacy was Lee's. Rexall drugs and back then his customer base was very very good it, mm. was, it was a good, a good cross section of old McAllen um, high profile names and I said why would we change it mm. and if we changed it because my dad's store was professional pharmacy
0: oh okay
1: if we change it what do we change it to back in the 80s for some reason you know danny's drugs didn't sound good right right <laughs> danny's drugs <laughs> didn't sound good today uh, yeah it still still kind of has a little <laughs> so uh, but because of the corporate structure and stuff we needed to change it from lee's rexall because rexall the rexall company wouldn't give us a franchise anymore because they were doing away with the franchises
0: Okay, so Rexall was was kind of a franchise, franchising name, branding kind of thing. Yeah,
1: what what they did back then was, it wasn't a franchise, but you could buy from the Rexall company, Mm. okay? So there was Lee's Rexall, there was, you know, Any City USA Rexall, there was Joe Blow Rexall, but they were all Rexall stores because they bought from Rexall. Rexall started out as a vitamin company in Chicago way back in the 40s and 50s.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but they weren't gonna continue the business, so we needed to change the name. Mm. And my dad always wanted to do medical equipment. So he says, okay, we changed the name, put medical equipment in there. I said, okay, how about Lee's Pharmacy and Medical Equipment? And uh, it stuck, and we're still Lee's Pharmacy and Medical Equipment.
0: Although you still go by Lee's pharmacy.
1: We go by Lee's pharmacy.
0: That's kind of what everybody knows it as. Yeah. That's sort of the but the but the DBA is Lee's pharmacy Well or, the, or LLC in, that or was whatever. It is
1: well. um, I think in the late eighties we incorporated because that tax break wasn't a tax break anymore, so we needed to incorporate. Mm so we incorporated in the mid or late 80s um, and it was vela corp doing business as lee's pharmacy and it was also including my father's pharmacy which was professional pharmacy at the time and then later we bought another pharmacy garcia pharmacy pharmacy on 17th street so there was a and then we had several others and long story short the corporation still stands uh but today it's only dba lee's pharmacy
0: so how did you know that you wanted to be in pharmacy like was your i would imagine that your dad growing up was like a major influence for you and uh because you said he's a he was a pharmacist too right so you you followed in your father's footsteps what was that like
1: um both my brothers are pharmacists and my dad was a pharmacist Uh, my parents my mother more so wanted me to go to medical school. Mm. I figured, okay, I can't pay for medical school, neither can they. So let me become a pharmacist and pay my way through medical school. Mm. So that was the plan. Uh, I got out of pharmacy school and uh, I said, you know what? I don't want to go to medical school.
0: Medical school doctorate. Dr. become a medical doctor. General and, I, and, I, prac- and I
1: really did not make, want to become a doctor. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm more of a of a retail guy. I'm more mm. of a press the flesh. I'm more of how can I help you? Mm. Um, so I said, you know what, I'm gonna become a pharmacist service industry, I, I grew up in my dad's store as a little kid. I saw how he helped people. And that's what
0: I want to do did he did he take you in like at an early age like hey look at what I do or or no. was it like one of those like child labor kind of things <laughs> was, where he's no, like you got to help
1: not even that <laughs> oh that's okay <laughs> it was like my mom would say take your son to the store because I can't stand
0: Get him Get out him of this <laughs> house.
1: Get him out of my hair. I can't stand him anymore. Get him out of my hair. And so he, my dad would take me from, I don't know, three, four, five, six, as long as I can remember, uh, I was in the store and, and doing something, uh, rearranging the vials or medicine or cleaning shelves or sweeping or whatever it was. That's, that's what I did. And At an early age. Experience. Oh, yeah. Was, I think before I even went to school, as long as I can remember.
0: So, so when you went, when you went to college, you just like, you said, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Did you, did you have other kind of aspirations prior to, or did you just say, I'm doing this?
1: No, this that's, I think that's what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to become a pharmacist. Um, The chemistries, the math, the biologies, all of that was easy for me. It Mm. was just, you know, my buddies were like, Hey, aren't you studying? I said, I know it. It was just it was easy. I mm-hmm. um, didn't have any problem with it. I played a lot. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I wanted to be a pharmacist. But it wasn't so much being a pharmacist. It was I wanted to be with people. Mm. And I wanted to, and, and I've always told my employees this. And, and, and that's, that was the mindset I had back then was that anyone who walks into a pharmacy has a problem.
2: Hmm.
1: and we are there I am there to solve that person's problem and you look at it like that that's that's what I wanted to do right I mean you, you could be a, a retail merchant selling lamps or whatever you're not solving their problem
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but if somebody walks into your pharmacy they they didn't walk into their pharmacy because they wanted to they walked in because they needed to right and and that was my goal was to solve people's problems
0: and and help people in need so to speak absolutely right e- especially when somebody's going to you for health issues because yeah health issues are one of those things that it's a need it's not a want yeah. it's like a must have
1: it's 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 a it's a gotta have mhm you know? Like I said, no one goes to the doctor or to the pharmacy because they want to.
0: Right. It's because they, they have need to. to. They have to. Right. Yeah. So, so you started Lee's pharmacy, or you took over Lee's pharmacy, mm-hmm. I should say. Right. So, did did that mean that you were in direct competition with your dad?
1: No, uh, because my dad and Lee had been neighbors on the same block doing the same thing for god 20 30 years before that oh wow so it wasn't and even today uh i don't see my colleagues as competitors Mm. i see them as doing the same thing i'm doing i i communicate frequently with my colleagues Uh, we band together when we have an issue we celebrate each other's victories, uh, so it, it's not competition. Mm. And like I've always said, there's enough pharmacy business for everybody. Yeah. So,
0: and has um, how much has the pharmacy business changed? No, <laughs> that's a loaded question, right? Wow. Over the last. Since nine, since April first, nineteen eighty one. Oh, um, how many, how many times have you had to adapt to every that? Every day, every day. Mm.
1: Every day we adapt, we change. Um, but it got to the point where we weren't changing because we wanted to.
0: Mm. We
1: were changing because we had to. Uh, God, we. I remember selling a prescription for. Keflex back in the eighties.
0: It was Keflex. It's an antibiotic. Oh. It, it's still
1: today it's still relevant. For Keflex. And and to go to the register and charge somebody twenty bucks for a prescription of Keflex, it broke your heart. Because that was so much money. It it was like
0: Sorry. It
1: was like and you, you almost had to apologize because you had to sell it for 20 bucks. Um, Today, unfortunately, Mm. it's into the hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars. For the same? Well, maybe not Keflex, but other other antibiotics have Mm. have gotten just crazy. And and when I started, uh, everything was cash. And everything was charge accounts. I talk, talked early on about my, my clientele back in the day. Yep. And it was all high end, you know, uh, delivery service. Well, charge to accounts, send me the bill at the end of the month. Right. And and, and we kept their charge accounts on, on note cards. And a four by six note card. Kind of like what
0: you see in like the old school libraries. yeah, like, yeah
1: just like that. And, and 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 if you got two or three or four note cards, you'd staple them together and just write the date. There was no tickets, no signatures, no nothing. I delivered to Jerry, sent him a handwritten bill at the end of the month. Today, everything's scanned, mm. barcoded. Uh, we don't have as many charge accounts as we used to because you know, people yeah. have debit cards, people have insurance, right. whatever. So. Automatic. But it's changed every day. Um, back then, we didn't have what are today known as pbms
0: what's pbm
1: it it stands for pharmacy benefits managers Uh, but that's really not what they do Uh, they they pay you a certain amount for a prescription and then they charge their client more for that prescription Mm. so it's a middleman right service fee they've inserted themselves into the electronic age Mm -hmm. and become billionaires
0: so, in the process,
1: yeah. Uh, how else has it changed? The number of drugs that are out there is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Into the in your inventories, into the tens of thousands of different products you have to have on the inventory. Uh, so it's 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 changed it's changed a lot. It's all electronic now. Mm-hmm. Everything. No more handwritten prescriptions. Well, there are a few, but most of them now are sent electronically from a from an iPhone or an iPad or a computer or
0: that's crazy, right? Like the the way that that businesses change and the way that you conduct business is like completely different.
1: It it's taken a lot of the person out,
0: mm.
1: and that's unfortunate. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: you know, we still get calls, we still talk to doctors, we still talk to nurses, but it's it's taken a lot of the person out of the transaction.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and look, there's been everybody around town i'm not trying to blow smoke but everybody around town knows who danny vela is you've been serving the community for so long and um and that idea of care is that what kind of like led you to being on the school board because you've been on the school board for years and i mean so well respected in the community but What kind of got you into all that?
1: You know, people have asked me that. Um, I think it's in my DNA because as long as I can remember my grandparents, my parents, uh, my brothers and sisters, and and if you go up and down the valley, Mm -hmm. our family has been in some kind of service to the community.
0: That's right, because Philemon is your...
1: We've got, we have congressmen, we have school board members, we have city council members, we have mayors, we have state reps. Uh, we have even non-elected positions, people <clears throat> in, in our family. And I'm talking back probably over a hundred years. Uh, my grandfather's father, I'm, I'm sorry, my grandfather's brother was the mayor of Hidalgo?
0: Mm. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Uh, Ed, Eduardo Vela, fine man.
0: Wow. Fine
1: man. Uh, my grandfather's brother, and and he and my grandfather even had a a twenty mule team that helped build the original set of levees between McAllen and Hidalgo. No way. For the floodways that went. So, so, so families has been involved in community service in one way or another Mm. forever Uh, church community uh, civic nonprofit, profit whatever it is we've we've always been
0: yeah because you've you're super super involved in your church i i I know that too but like okay so what do you think that is you think that that's like um hereditary or just like learned passed down Uh,
1: well, I, I, I said, mentioned DNA. I, I, I think the propensity to do that is here. The
0: propensity.
1: Uh, I think the propensity to do it is here, but the example that we grew up with mm. is the driving factor that, that helps us do that. And um, it, it was a joke, not really a joke, but it was a, it was a laugh line, if you will. Mm. Uh, our family would have a family reunion. And in our family, the velas, I mean, it's, it's gigantic. And we'd have a family reunion over here at Laguna Seca Ranch because that was an old family ranch. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's 2,000 people there.
2: Whoa. Are you serious?
1: <laughs> and they're saying that we would get together on, on presidential election years to elect the next president. And that's a, <laughs> it's a laugh line. But, right. But, I mean, that's it goes back that far.
0: Really? Yeah. Man, so, yeah, so I mean, I think that there's there's an expectation that's set when you've got, especially the way it sounds is like you've got so many family members contributing to service and contributing to the community and contributing to the greater good of the communities that they serve. Like, do you feel like there's, do you feel obligated? Do you feel... What's that kind of, um, what kind of runs through your mind with that kind of stuff? Do you feel it's like civic duty?
1: We don't see it as an obligation. Mm. Uh, because obligation would would define it as something we had to, to do. I, I see it more as as a gift. Privilege. Privilege. Mm. Let me serve you. How can I serve you? In fact, when people come in the store, what do you say? You say, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. And, and if you take, how can I help you outside of the store? How can I help you? Right. Can I open a door for you? Can I help you cross the street? Can I help you raise money for the church, Father? Can I help you at the school board? Can I help you help your kid? Whatever it is, can, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not an obligation. Mm. If it were an obligation, I, I, we probably wouldn't do it. Right. But it, I think it's a gift that I'm able to, mm-hmm. I'm willing to, uh, I want to, I'm encouraged to. All of the twos mm. to help are there, and 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 it's rewarding.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. A real quick story. My when my when my dad passed away, I I, I gave a, a eulogy, mm. and. uh One of the things I said in the eulogy was, that's how my dad was. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the things I said in my eulogy was, it's okay, if you can't pay me, I'll hold the ticket, you pay me later. And, uh, and I said something like, uh, people would pay him with a box of fruit, or a box of vegetables, or a cabrito, or eggs, or whatever, whatever they had to give for what my dad had done for them, mm. they would give, and there was a man sitting there from from Hidalgo and after after the end of the service, he came up to me and he's just he's crying and crying and crying, and he goes, You captured your dad perfectly mm. and uh, you know he gave back right to the people that had helped him, so
0: right, and to to sort of carry on that legacy, yeah. That's a pretty special thing
1: i got a call yesterday from a gentleman and i won't say his name he's an older gentleman um owns a very famous barbecue place in north mcallen and he called me up and he because he walks at the um at the mcallen high school track
0: oh okay wait every uh, morning by by the tennis court street yeah by, okay by the tennis courts yeah
1: and, and he walks every morning at five o'clock he's there and I've always told him, I said, he's called me before, and I said, if you ever need anything, you call me, I'll take care of it. So yesterday I had a message on my phone, my cell phone. And he goes, Mr. Vela, da 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 da. I went this morning to walk at the track and the gates were locked.
0: Macai track.
1: Macai track. Well, the Mack High track it's a it's a shared part between City of McAllen and high school and the and the school district. So it's
0: not a lot of people know that. No,
1: no, they don't and I wish they did because sometimes it's a city fault. Right. Most of issue. the time it's a city fault. It's a fault, d- city a issue. <laughs> <laughs> not a school district issue. <laughs> not a school district issue. So uh, I called him back and I said, Mr mm, uh, I'll call you right back. Mm. I called him back and I gave him the information he needed and he goes mr villa thank you for taking care of that for me um have you ever thought about running for anything besides school board (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you man i am telling you and i said you know what you call me whether i'm on a board or commission or whatever it is you call me and i'll help you take care of it and he laughed he goes let's have lunch together i said okay we will
0: i mean have you ever have you have you thought about because like you've been on the school board for how many years
1: I just finished my 14th year with a little less than two years to go.
0: That's Congratulations. It. That's it. And, then, and then that's it. Make it, it official. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm not you're, running you're, for real action. You're hanging up the
0: Jersey, <laughs> the Jersey's going up and the name <laughs> and
1: the. Time to move
0: on. Everything.
1: <laughs> time to move on.
0: Did you ever consider doing something, uh, no. conti- continue to, continuing to serve the community more than what you're currently doing?
1: Well it depends on how you define more than what I'm doing. Mm. Because um, there are a lot of people in McCallum who serve the community that no one ever knows. They don't know what they do, they don't know who they are, and they don't know how they serve. Mm. Uh, nonprofits, uh, non-elected boards, non-elected commissions. So will I always serve? Yes. In what capacity? To be determined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my children and I always talk about this. Uh, timing is everything. Mm. Okay, uh, but you can make your timing sometimes too. Uh, so we've we've had some opportunities that mm-hmm. because for whatever reason I kept my word. Right. Uh, the time wasn't right. Uh, but you know what? Tomorrow's another day. Next year timing is everything everything Mm -hmm. Would i serve jerry i'll always serve Mm -hmm. but in what capacity
0: that's to to be determined determined yeah do your do your children have any of your children you follow your dad's footsteps to and have your any of your children kind of followed in that same sort of footsteps what are they you know what are they doing
1: well i've got four um they're probably at about the age where well i think by the time i was their age i had probably already started Mm -hmm. Uh, but again timing is everything uh times are a lot different today than when when i was their age oh man a lot different
0: oh yeah Uh,
1: do they have aspirations they all help yeah they all have that their generosity and my wife you know, the same way. They have that gift of giving. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'd all take their shirts off their back and give it to you. Uh, in February, when we had that freeze, my oldest son was at the ranch, and uh, he had driven up to the ranch house because he needed to pick up. His, his father-in-law's branches next door, so it was, he'd come back to our place. It was a Sunday night. And uh, he calls me up and he says, dad. And I said, what's up? And he says, "Uh, I'm at the house and uh, this young man just came out of the back of the house. I said, son, it's, I said, it it was like 14, 15 degrees at night. Whoa. Freezing, raining. And I said, and he goes, dad, he looks bad. I said, what is he? He goes, dad, he's, he's an immigrant.
0: Whoa, so he had been just kind of he
1: he said, he said, Dad, he's he's been in the brush for four or five days. Uh, He's, his lips are swollen, his face is swollen, his hands, he's soaking wet, I said, son. In my closet, there's clothes, there's pants, there's shirts, there's jackets, there's shoes, there's boots. Get him out of that wet clothes, put him into some dry clothes. And, and call me back. So about 45 minutes later, he calls me and he says that I started a big fire. Mm-hmm. He's beginning to fall out. Wow. He's he's, he's, he's eating, I gave him food, I gave him drink, I gave him this. And uh, Wow. And And now it got to the point where the young man was Almost, it was, if he, I think if he had spent the night, he would have died. So, after about two hours, two and a half hours, he calls me back, and he says, Dad, he called somebody that came to pick him up. And I said, how do you feel? And he says, I think God put me here for a reason.
0: That's awesome.
1: And, And, you know, for for a father of twin boys and you know 30 something or early 30s you know and for him to tell you that you know yeah pat myself on the back i did something right that's right that's right so
0: you know there's there's got to be you know for your grandfather to do it your dad to do it you to do it and then now your sons to be able to carry on that that regardless of whether or not they go into the same industry they still have that heart, they still have that, that willingness and that, not willingness, it's not even willingness. It's like the innate, um, I guess, thought or feeling of caring beyond what,
1: you know, I, I don't even think it's a thought. I think it's a reaction. Yeah. For them to do what they do. Yeah, and and I think my youngest is probably the one that's most. Mm.
0: They,
1: they don't think about it. They're there because they need to the help, and, and and it's a good thing. I I, I have no problem with. It. They're not selfish. They're not. They're they're generous, and, and I'm very proud of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and I mean, and and I'm sure that your wife also. Say, so I have such a lovely wife. Alejandra is just like, amazing i'm sure she had something to do with it
1: Hundred oh, <laughs> percent. i had nothing to do with it <laughs> i'm sure she has a little bit of
0: <laughs>
1: she just polished what, what i had put in there she's 100 percent behind all of that no question about it yeah i give her a lot of credit for raising four great kids and their their spouses i mean they got great spouses uh so. Beautiful spouses. How, and how, how
0: did you? How did you? How did you all meet? Oh, you talk about
1: uh, arranged marriage. <laughs> oh, is that the way it went down? <laughs> kind of, kind of. Um, it's it's really. Uh, her grandfather and my grandfather were born in the late eighteen hundreds. Okay, and her father was a general in the Mexican Army. Oh wow! Yeah.
0: Pancho Villa times, yeah, all of those, you know,
1: all of those times. Um, a very well-respected general in the northern division of Mexican army, mm-hmm. and my grandfather, South Texas, you know, uh, and his family. What's really funny is they knew each other, because actually the families knew each other back from the eighteen hundreds. By the, term, by the 1900s, they were all growing up together. Uh, there's a picture of my grandfather and her grandfather playing polo. What? And playing polo. Uh, uh, her, fa- her grandfather and my grandfather. He was on the, his, her grandfather was on the Mexican polo team, on the Reynosa polo team, and my grandfather was on the uh, Hidalgo polo team and you got shitting me no i'm not and there's a picture of the four and the four on their horses with their mallets and their boots and their hats and their helmets and everything in the early 1900s um so there's a lot of family connections uh
0: how did you all even like well we didn't did know you we have them. the same photo she had or how did you well we've
1: we've we have found them oh uh, between her family and mm-hmm. my family. My brother's a great genealogist, um, and he's done a lot of research, and, wow. and there's pictures of, of all of our ancestors together, but we didn't know each other. Uh, we really didn't. She knew my parents, she knew my brothers. She didn't know me, I didn't know her. Uh, and one day my mother, the ultimate, the consummate matchmaker, she was like, hey. Uh, I- you need to meet this girl. And I did. and here we Wait, How her. did she know her? Um, my wife's stepmother and my mother were together at a party. Mm. And hey, hey, hey. And the rest and of the And they
0: story. were like, oh, nice, yeah. man. Yeah. Wow. And this was after college? Oh, yeah. I didn't get married until I was 33. Really? Yeah. So... Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: And she was much younger. Really? Yeah, well, she's, okay. She's yes. Younger, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. But you already kind of look young, so uh, Alhamdulillah looks young too. She's, she was. She's younger.
1: But a lot of my friends got married out of high school.
0: Hmm. Was that kind of the norm? Like, or is it? Or is it I, just I don't common? It was the norm. It, it was.
1: They, they either got married out of high school or right out of college, hmm. and they, they were married. So by. 22, 23, most of them were married. Mm. And I remember being at birthday parties for my friends' kids, and I'd take a different girlfriend at every birthday party,
2: you know? <laughs> <laughs> every, baptism, Danny.
1: every baptism- Every baptism a new girlfriend. It was, it was, <laughs> that's that's, I was just, but I, I had said to myself, I wanted to be stable mm. economically. I wanted to be stable professionally. And, and I wanted to be stable community-wise. And I think I was. I had my own house, a couple of cars, a couple of dogs.
0: Did that come really early on for you or was that sort of instilled in you?
1: Oh, no. Um, I was five years old. We went to a Houston Astros game. The Astrodome had just opened. And uh, and it was a big deal. I mean, it was the Astrodome. I mean, yeah. it was the seventh wonder of the world, right? Right, Or the yeah. eighth wonder of the world, whatever. It was
0: like, kind of, at that time, that was kind of like the only sort of dome-ish. It was the first, in the 60s. It was in the 60s. Uh,
1: and I remember, I'll never forget, um, and I was, I don't know, five years old, six years old, something like that. And I said, I need to go to the bathroom. So I ran to the bathroom, and I'm coming back from the bathroom, and this guy stops me, and he goes, hey, you want to sell popcorn? I said,
2: yeah. <laughs> really? Was,
1: I said, are you were at a game? And I'm at a baseball game. <laughs> and he goes, hey, you want to sell popcorn? Because they needed people to sell popcorn, right? I go, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know any better. I mean, I was, shoot, I don't think I was as high as this table. And uh, I, want to sell popcorn? I said, yeah, let me go tell my parents. Okay. Dad, I'm going to go sell popcorn. And he goes, sit your ass down. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't buy you a ticket for this baseball game for you to go sell popcorn for the Astros. I can make some money, I can make some money. Sit your ass down. Okay. So that was, I've always.
0: Just kind of had that.
1: Another one that a lot of people are really surprised at was when I was dating Alejandra. Mm -hmm. She lived in Reynosa. And and I'd go back every day.
0: Every Every day? day?
1: Every day. Seven days a week I'd go to Reynosa. Whether it was the morning or the evening, every day. But you went to Reynosa, I'm sure, when you were a kid. Eh, teenage years, but that's another, that's another, <laughs> another podcast. <laughs> and probably the thing that every kid remembers about going to Reynosa was the hot dogs. Right? Yep. So I would buy a hot dog on the way to her house, and on the way back from the house, I'd stop and buy another hot dog. Mm. Or two, or three, whatever. Mm-hmm. They were 20 cents. And you buy a coat. You could buy a couple or three hot dogs and a coat for less for than nothing. a buck. Yeah. So I remember sitting there one eating my hot dog and thinking, hmm, how many hot dogs are they selling a night? How much are they selling them for? How much are they making? And every time I'd go back and forth.
0: you start doing the math.
1: So one night I asked, how much you pay for the cart? And he told me. And. Where do you buy weedies, you know? So I just start gathering the information. Mm-hmm. So when I and I were getting a little bit more serious, I said, I want to start a business in Mexico. Okay.
0: Selling hot dogs. I told dogs. her what
1: I wanted to do was I wanted to go in the hot dog business. And she thought I was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I probably was, but she said.
0: But you did nuts. the math behind it. Oh
1: no, math was there.
0: So entrepreneurial from, from, from the Houston Astros Astrodome game. So
1: she had a real good friend and her husband, cause they were already married and I proposed it to them and they were like, and I showed them the numbers and they're like, it works. I said, but I can't do it cause I'm, I'm an American, right? I'll put up the money. I'll put up the money. You help me with the manpower and the logistics.
0: Boom. Are you serious? We
1: went to Guadalajara. We bought 10 hot dog carts.
0: You're kidding me.
1: I put up the money. We went to Guadalajara. We brought back 10 hot dog carts. We started selling hot dogs and reno's on the street.
0: What was the what was the business called?
1: Oh well, we took we took the first initial of our names mm-hmm. and and put it together. That was the name of the because we couldn't come up with a name. It was Mata, Mada M A D A.
0: Wow, Mada uh, Hot Dogs. Mada
1: Hot Dogs. And uh, well, she and I took a month in Europe for our honeymoon. Paid for by helicopter by, by the ho- by, <laughs> by Mada Hot Dogs. So, by the hot dogs. So wh- what I did was I had American. Ex- I just applied for American Express card because because I got something in the mail, right? Yeah. I applied for American Express card. So I took all the money I was making from the hot dogs and I would just send American Express a check every, every month. So I had this huge credit on my American Express card. So when it came time to get married and go on a honeymoon, boom! my American Express card had this huge balance on it.
0: Paid for it. No worries. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And so how long did the hot dog business well, We got business married, to... and
1: probably five or six years after we were married, we still had the hot dogs. And no they, way. And we both lived over here, and it was like they were doing all the work, and I said, you know what? Give it to him. He paid me a little bit for the for the hot dog carts, and said, it's all yours.
0: You've had a lot of businesses like that, right? I mean, yeah. well, not a lot, but yeah. you've had some businesses where – you've gone into multiple ventures you've done because look uh you're a very successful guy you're a very credible guy you're a very stand-up guy in the in the community but i don't know i think a lot of people they they take a look at somebody's success like you and they say oh you're so lucky right like sometimes those things don't always kind of pan out right like where there are other kind of instances <laughs> um, how many ventures have you had where you've you know failure to success what's the ratio
1: oh well how about success to failure probably 10 to 1 okay probably 10 to 1 maybe maybe 8 to 2 something like that okay but um not everything's been a success
0: right can't hit a home run not every, every single time you go up to bat
1: no Uh I went into a venture 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Then the market crashed.
0: I could already tell that it wasn't <laughs> going to be a good story because of the way <laughs> well, that you I, rubbed your forehead. I
1: can't I can't go into much detail, but uh, <laughs> right. we're still waiting for the outcome of that oh, one. Oh, <laughs> it's still there. Okay. Still waiting for the outcome on that one. Mm. But um, I, I think we're going to come out all right on that one. But it's. it was, tell you what, it was like, oh, my God. It's. It was tense situations, you know, but... I think we're going to come out okay. It's still to be, eh, hopefully in the next year or so, we'll find out. Yeah. But I've had good ones and I've had bad ones. I've had break-even ones. Uh, there's no luck. There's no luck.
0: You don't believe in luck?
1: No, there's no luck. You make your luck. If people want to call it luck, that's fine. Call it luck. But, but, but success is determined by the amount of determination, by the, te- the amount of hard work. And, and about the number of decisions you make to do what's right.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay? And the perseverance to continue.
1: You have to. Um, you know, my dad used to say, you know what, son, you could, you could screw somebody over a couple or two times, a couple or three times, couple or mm-hmm. four times, mm-hmm. but you're not gonna do it forever. Mm-hmm. So you treat them right. And as long as you treat them right, you can do that forever. Right. And I, I think that was the mantra I, I adapted.
0: Well, I I think it's always just been sort of, um, you've always gone into everything that you've done, at least, you know, the things that I've seen, um, with always the best intentions. And I think that's always the best approach is, is just do it with the best intentions. Don't really think about the financial impact that's going to come because it's not about that. It's about something a little bit more intrinsic, right?
1: It's not always about the money. Yeah, it's 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 always about, uh, it's always about the trip. It's always about the journey. It's always about the path. It's always about how you got to that point. A perfect example. Um, a few years ago, we were fortunate enough to take my daughter. About was it four years ago? Four years ago, we were my wife and I were fortunate enough to take my daughter on a hunting trip to Africa. And, and she was after a leopard. And we were going to do everything we could possibly do.
0: To get the leopard. To get a
1: leopard. And uh, and she had several opportunities, but we had had set a standard. This is what she wants. Mm-hmm. And if we don't meet that standard, that's not what she's going to take. Right. So that was that was our our goal was the standard. And uh, we had a videographer, and we were there for 10 days after a leopard. And throughout the, the 10 days, we got to know each other, and the guide, and everybody much, much better, and the, and the trackers, and the people that helped us, and all of that.
0: Oh, was that hunting for 10 days? You yeah. hunted for 10 days yeah. straight? Straight. Wow.
1: Yeah. And uh, near the end, he was doing a nightly We'd come back from all day hunting, and we'd come back to the camp, and and he starts talking to us. And I said, "Well, it's getting tough. We might not get your leopard." And this, and that. I said, "It's it's it's not about the leopard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's about the hunt.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's about the hunt. How did you hunt it? Mm-hmm. What did you do to hunt?" What did you do to prepare? What did you, do? it's all about
0: the hunt. The hunt.
1: And we, we've, we have filmed a video and, and we called it, it's all about the hunt. And I, I think it's about the journey. It's about.
0: How do you go through what, it? What's
1: my legacy at the school board? Right. It's, it's about my legacy. What did I do for the school district? Right. What did I do in my children's lives?
2: Mm-hmm. What
1: am I doing in my grandchildren's lives? What are, have I done in my friends' relationships? Right. It's it's the, that. It's, it's not that I say Jerry's my friend. Right. It's how did Jerry become my friend? Right.
0: Exactly. And, and
1: I, I think that's how I see things. How did we build this building?
0: Right. Yeah. It's, it's
1: not that the building's here. It's how did we build it?
0: Right. And, and, and there's success in that because you understand what it took to build all of the brick and mortar behind this, the sacrifice, the, all of the things, right? Like, I mean, because there's losses, right? There's gotta be, there's, you know, nobody has a undefeated winning, maybe Tom Brady. Not even Tom Brady Not even Tom
1: Brady Not even Tom
0: Brady The goat of (laughs) NFL You know I mean That guy loses games You know So how do you persevere through that Like what do you
1: Um You know It's It's I I don't want to say Bill's character Because that's so cliche Mm. But um, Makes you a wiser person Um my kids always ask me, everything they've asked me, well, what's wisdom? I said, well, wisdom is only the combination of, it. it's only the compilation of experiences that you develop throughout your life, both good and bad, to to help you make the right decisions as you get older, mm-hmm. only because you are wiser because of the earlier experiences. So that that's my definition of, it, of wisdom. What is it? I don't know. Um,
0: I think it's, I think it's, um there's a there's a saying, and I'm probably completely butchering it, but it is uh, something like, "smooth waters don't make for strong sailors," and uh, you know I think the the harder you go through things, you know the strong the the harder the fights are, the better the fighter, you know at the end at the end of everything, and uh, I think there's a lot of people that just don't realize that the amount of success that you've accomplished within your, your life, people don't see all of the, you know, the hard knocks and the, you know, all of the knockdowns and the things like that, right?
1: Two things, I, when I was real young, I'm saying my early 20s, if not 1920, 21, something like that, I read a book and it was how to achieve financial success.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: OK, there are a dime a dozen on the bookstore shelves, but it's what you do with what you read. That's, that's. And one of the phrases was, a successful man is not the one who makes a million dollars. A successful man is a man who makes a million dollars, loses it, and makes it again. That's a successful man. So have I lost a million dollars? Yeah, probably <laughs> more or less a, have I made a, pro- a million dollars maybe more or less more or less so it, but it's how do you achieve how do you how do you
0: define success define success you don't
1: you don't define success
0: well but you have to define su- success in some way right and it can't oh, be yeah. 100% financially what do you define success as
1: my kids uh, my friends Uh, the time I enjoy with my family time I enjoy with my wife uh, you know that to me that's success it's not how much money I have Mm -hmm. it's 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 the journey it's the hunt Mm -hmm. Uh, when I was also when I was I guess I was reading that book and I was working for this gentleman I was working in a bar I came home in the summer one year from UT, and I, I was re- working in a bar.
0: Here or yeah, here at McCallum. UT? Here okay, McCallum. okay.
1: And it was a bar. And I said, I'm looking for a job for the summer. And he goes, What can you do? And I said, Anything you want. Well, I need a bar back. Said, What's a bar back do? Well, they pour ice and they wash glasses, pick up glasses. I'll do it. I think it was three bucks an hour or something like that, mm-hmm. tips or whatever. So I worked with him for about two months, and. Uh, He was a very astute businessman. No education, but very astute business person. Mm -hmm. And did very well. And he took a liking to me. I took a liking to him. Uh, He became one of my mentors. You know, in fact, to this day, I still, I can still call him. Uh, But he said something to me one day, and he said, I don't know what it was. We had had a ball buster of a night.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And we had worked and the place was packed and it was a line outside the door and it was just one of those crazy crazy nights and at the end of the night we closed up it was two o'clock in the morning we finished cleaning up and we we're sitting down having a soda or whatever and i said man that was a tough night and he looked at me and he said don't ever say that and i said what do you mean said, don't ever say that and, and if i can say it or not i don't know if they use the word Shit or not, but I'm gonna say it. Anyway. I mean, you could say it. It's uh, <laughs> it's on the internet. You could say whatever okay. you want. So he looks at me and he goes, "Son, if you want it soft, shit in your hand." <laughs> I love that! And who <laughs> wants to shit in their hand? Nobody. nobody.
0: <laughs> I mean, only the exceptionally nobody. weird. But you know. think
1: about the visual. Uh, nobody, uh, wants no, uh, nobody I did. And, uh, it's so I looked disturbing. at him and he goes. I don't want to shit my hand goes, that's right and i've 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 shared that with people and they look at me like i'm crazy but like if i want it soft i'd shit my hand i don't want to shit my hand. <laughs> right. I don't want it
0: soft. right well well i mean and that's that kind of goes to like understanding that life is hard right you got to kind of go in you got to kind of go into life like hey it's gonna be hard if you kind of go in thinking it's going to be easy, are you in for a letdown? Are are you in for shitting in your hand? Probably, probably. Um, But if you don't look
1: at it as hard or easy, if you look at it as a goal-oriented life, Mm. and what's, what's your goal? My goal is to be complete, successful. What's success? Family. Enjoyment, relax, mm. uh, friends, uh, good times, right? See the world, see your children,
0: whatever take, that take is. Take the
1: journey, make the hunt. That's 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 to me that success.
0: Is there anything that you want to do that you haven't done? Yeah. Hit me. Antarctica. Antarctica. Antarctica.
1: Antarctica
0: what what do you want to do oh, what I'd could love, you do I would
1: I, I would love to go to the South Pole take the trek um, the take the trek to South Pole. I've um, I've hunted in the Arctic Circle I've, I've hunted in Africa I've traveled most of the world and I've you know
0: have you been to all continents?
1: No, I have not been to all the continents. Okay.
0: okay. Africa, for sure.
1: Africa, for sure. Europe, for South sure. South America, North America, Europe, uh, Asia.
0: Australia? I've not been to Australia. Okay.
1: Uh, and, and you know, that's, uh, my son and I, my older son and I were hunting moose in the Arctic Circle one year in in, in, in Alaska. And we the first night we got there and we set up our little two-man tent and uh, we set it up on the on the rim of a valley because we we're gonna hunt that valley for moose, biggest moose in the world, in the Yukon.
0: How cold was it? Oh,
1: well, that, that's what I'm getting to, and, and and when we got there, it was about 20 degrees, and the wind blows 70 miles an hour all the time. So we fixed our little burner, fixed dinner, whatever. We said, it's time to go to sleep, and, and it's, uh, it's about three o'clock in the morning, and I am literally shaking. I'm so cold. Shaking, it's freezing cold. And I reach over and I wake up my son. He goes, "Dad, Dad, what's wrong?" He goes, "Son, I'm freezing. I'm I'm just." He goes, "Okay, what do you want me to do?" I said, "Lay on top of me." So he laid on top of me, mm-hmm. and you know we, I began to thaw out or whatever. Oh, fine. Okay, fine. We get, so we pulled out our survival blankets or whatever.
0: Um, it was just you and him?
1: Well, the, the guides were, there was two guides in an and other, another. There was, a, there was a horse wrangler and a guide and they were in another tent down the way. Mm. And, and I said, son, just just lay on top of me. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever done. It's sleep. Wow. Up there in that cold, cold, cold. But you know, in the next morning you get up and- Get up
0: and you do your thing.
1: And you get going and, you know, get go again, so. Well, earlier I said I wanted to go to Antarctica. Mm. and 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 i do i i think it would be so not only because i want to go but because my kids want to go mm. They're. they've seen what i've done and they've experienced a lot of it because they've been with me to africa they've been with me to alaska they've been with me my son spent uh time in in africa as a assistant professional hunter so so he got to be
0: up know, close and personal with
1: yeah yeah and, and i and i should tell you a story about i tell you a story about my first time i, I should tell you about a story about my other son real quick he was in a professional hunter in africa
0: uh andre number Dan. two number two okay the, the architect okay okay
1: and he's in he's in africa and uh he said dad you got to come over here before i go home you got to come over here so i did and i got there and and uh it, it picked us up at the airport we went back to the the village, if you will, mm-hmm. and and all these local natives, tribes whatever you want to call them, come out and, and they thought my son was was the king. He really, they, I mean, and I look around and I'm like, son they're all wearing A&M shirts. They're all wearing A&M caps. I'm like, what, what are you doing? They're like, gig them. <laughs> and I'm going, like, no, no, that's wrong. Anyway, we joked about that. Beat the hell out of you. To and, you. And, and he says to me, he says, you know, Dad, I, I said, these guys really like you. And he goes, Dad, they like me because I treat them like people. Mm. And this is a 20-year-old kid telling me that these these people from these africans mm-hmm. and and they're calling him shoddy i said what does shoddy mean shoddy means well, a revered one or hierarch or whatever wow and he was like so why are you calling shoddy because because they hold me in
0: high regard high
1: regard and he said dad they're people mm-hmm. and and they just want to be treated like people and i've treated them the whole time i've been here I've treated them like people
0: that was another one of those yeah I'm um, successful moments got it you know yeah. I, I did you instilled something yeah that was that's that, long lasting that, that was
1: a successful moment for me money and all of that nah. right. that was a su- successful moment when my son said to the other immigrant that was found on the ranch freezing the day, and he goes dad God put me here for a reason, that was a successful moment. My daughters, that we have to help the immigrants, Dad. That's a successful moment. Mm -hmm. So how do you measure success? That's how how I measure it, Yeah. you know? uh, Because that's what I think I've done all my life. I've wanted to serve, wanted to help, wanted to treat people like they needed to be treated, you know, they're people they're like me and you no different it's just right. They just i have a heart and soul yeah so.
0: yeah i mean that is kind of what you hope i think for if you have children you, more than anything else you want them to be happy and you want them to be genuinely good people and if you can do that What else can you ask? I
1: have always said, when you have to make a decision, do what's right. Or what's right? You'll know.
0: So you, you mentioned earlier uh, life is not about luck. Life is, no. the, is the luck that you create. So in so many words, right like yeah. you, you, you know you, you create the luck that you the luck. That you get right?
1: karma, luck. No, my day tomorrow, yeah, is because I made it yesterday. Right, okay? yeah, makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
0: whether you're dealing with problems, successes, things like that, it's because you planted a seed somewhere. Uh,
1: recently, my youngest daughter and I went fishing. Mm. And uh, she's my fisherman everybody else likes to hunt but she's well she loves to hunt too but she's more a fisher person than a
0: she enjoys that more oh
1: yeah i mean she could be on the water every day of the year i mean she just and she can fish probably better than i can no question about that where do you all go here in the bay okay but but her her goals are hawaii panama costa rica you know
2: uh,
1: cabo sunday and she that's what she wants to do which is fine i i'll i'll take you right she loves to fish but she'll hunt too um, so we had this gentleman take us out a few years back and, and at the end of the evening we cleaned up the fish. i on my way home and he sends me a text and he goes thank you for letting me part, To thank you for letting me be a part of your memories
0: I like that
1: and I said I, you know that's because all we did was talk about how much fun we'd have and and, and, and taking pictures and catching or releasing or whatever. And he says, mm-hmm. thank you for letting me be a part, be a part of your memories.
0: And it's, that's, that's success. That's, that's awesome. That's,
1: that's what I want to do. To
0: be able to make that kind of impact. Yeah. So um, if you could give a piece of advice on life, what would that... Uh, to, to anybody you know, what, what's kind of like the, if you could, well, I don't even want to say choose one, choose as many as you'd like. Right. What are, what are some of the kind of the the things that you feel like are good pieces of advice that somebody should maybe live by or think about?
1: Always do what's right. No question. Mm -hmm. Always do what's right. Um, If it's right by you, right by your family, right by the people, Always do what's right, and Mm. and again, what's right. You'll know. Mm -hmm. Always do what's right. Um, Don't ever screw anybody over. Yeah. Because people may may not remember how many times you helped them. Right. But they'll always remember the one time you screw them over.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. It's uh, it kind of goes back to that. um, uh, People don't remember what you said, people will remember how you made them feel. And if they feel screwed over, that's the lasting impression that they have.
1: Um, Don't let people take advantage of you.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: A lot of people try Mm -hmm. and just, you know, draw your line in the sand and say, you can't cross this line. And if you do, then it's not beneficial for either one of us.
0: Mm -hmm. So know your worth
1: you know, treat your friends like you want you to treat that. You want them to treat you. Um, My fart, my friendship, my partnership with, with Ford's more than 30 years. Wow. it's Pretty amazing. Um,
0: And that's a crazy thing because, you know, Ford was on a podcast earlier and, uh, mentioned the, the friendship and the relationship that you guys have and how all of that came about. And, I think it's so cool how these life instances completely change the trajectory of your entire life. They can, for the better, for no the question.
1: Better. Uh, I I don't know how much he may have told you about our friendship, but if you compare, or or if you if you go down the list mm-hmm. of Ford and Danny, and and I, I'm gonna say it. You know he's Anglo, I'm Mexican,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he's Republican, I'm a Democrat, he's conservative, I'm probably Margaret, he's an Aggie, I'm a Longhorn. <laughs> <You're> a Longhorn. <laughs> he's a Longhorn. could it be? <laughs> you know, there's he's Protestant, I'm Catholic.
0: Yeah,
1: um, if you look at it on paper, we have nothing in common <laughs> so people have asked us this is how did you guys
0: come together well
1: because it's not about that Mm. it's about about two guys with doing what's right
0: right common goals Um, and
1: he jokingly said one night we were at an opening at one of our branches in in san juan and we had the mariachis, and we had the party, and had all of that stuff. We were outside in the parking lot, and somebody came up and asked us that very question. And we were both looking at each other like, well, we went down the whole list of things. You know, <laughs> you're this, I'm this, I'm that, you're that, you're that, you're that, you know, whatever. And then it was kind of quiet, he goes, I know what the answer is. We both have beautiful wives.
0: <laughs> That's it. That's
1: <laughs> for. That's our answer. We're sticking to it because
0: for every successful man, there, was, there is a more successful woman behind yeah. that man. So,
1: you know, and and he treats me right, and I treat him right, and I, I can't think of a uh, of a more profound relationship uh, aside from my family and my wife, of course, but, absolutely, and my parents, you know. But but just uh, in terms of friends and stuff, I can't I can't think of a more profound relationship i've had other than the f- relationship that ford and i have have enjoyed over the course more of, than 30 years right um, you know so
0: that's awesome
1: yeah and i think that i think that's why we're here today right uh, you know we've both been successful together uh, and uh,
0: and that's life well thanks danny i appreciate you taking the time out. Man, I have so much respect beyond, you know, everything that you've done, even for me personally. I I haven't really had a lot of time to speak about that, but you are a stand-up guy with all the best values, and I have nothing but respect for you as a friend, as a, a professional. I mean you're you're amazing man you. and uh i just wanted to be able to take this time to be able to say that um because because uh are you know there are not a lot of people like you and i i think it's awesome that you've been able to accomplish what you have and and stay true to your values and and all those things totally stand-up guy thank you for taking the time absolutely.
1: absolutely and
0: uh we'll see you on the next one man
1: absolutely i'm you know I'm free all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The journey continues.
1: The journey continues.
0: Cheers, my friend. To the hunt. Yes, sir. To the hunt.